So this morning, we're going to start the 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, and hopefully you actually started on January 1st. So this would actually be, what, day three of your prayer and fasting. Um, and one of the things we're going to look at today is spiritual disciplines. So as we look at spiritual disciplines, some of you may be saying, what? Did I get in trouble? Are you going to discipline me, Pastor Ken? Well, that's not what spiritual disciplines is. It's a little different. And, you know, growing up, growing up, you know, as I've told you in the past, being raised Roman Catholic, I know exactly what discipline was inside the Catholic Church and inside the Catholic schools. Um, but this is a little different. Biblical, the biblical perspective um, of discipline is basically it's our motivation to practice these disciplines, and it begins by longing for God. It begins with us longing for God, and it comes down to the deep-seated desire to, for us to be closer to God. So as we try and get closer to God, we look at these spiritual disciplines, and we look to Him for His strength. We look to Him for, and uh, to try and experience His peace. And that peace that only he can provide. And Dallas Willard, who actually wrote the book, The Spirit of Disciplines, puts it this way. We can become like Christ by doing one thing. By following him in the overall style of life he chose for himself. And that's really what the disciplines and spiritual disciplines are. It's ways for us to imitate Christ in the way that he lived. If you think about it, Jesus prayed. So what do we do? We pray. Jesus fasted, so we fast. Jesus took time and he sought solitude, so we should take that time and seek solitude. Jesus worshipped, and by God do we worship. Jesus served the least of these, and may we also serve the least of these. You see, we can't be Jesus but we can try and live like Jesus. We can try and be Jesus with skin on to everybody that we come in contact with. Now, however, in today's society, we get so caught up because there's so much to do. There's so much going on, and we kind of get forced to cut corners, and we end up forgetting some things or putting some things to the, to side, to the side because with everything we get between work and school and raising kids or raising grandkids and everything we do, we just get caught up. So we cut corners. We kind of put something to the side. And unfortunately, generally what we put to side is the spiritual aspects of our life. And then we try to say, well, you know, God knows how busy I am. Well, God knows my heart. He knows I'm busy. So he's okay if I don't take time with him. And unfortunately, that's what we do. We take that time and we kind of push God away so that we can do other things in our life. And the problem with that is when we actually overlook the spiritual side of our life, is that's when things start happening. We start having problems. We start having anxiety or anger issues. All these different things will pop up in our lives because we're not taking that time with God. We're not putting our focus where our focus should be. And this morning we're going to talk about where is your focus. And we're going to spend some time in some scripture that I'm sure all of us have heard. And at one time or the other, you, we've heard both sides of this story on who was right and who was wrong. So if you have your Bible, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. 
If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew, and I failed this week because I didn't look to see what page it was on. So if you use, there is one in the back of the pew. I encourage you, uh, as a reminder, if you're watching online, make sure you got a Bible with you, something to write notes with. However, we will have the Bible verses on the bottom of the screen if you're watching online. They'll also be on the screen up here. And just a real quick reminder, if you are watching online, I want to encourage you that we thank you for joining us here at FBC Lantana. But what I really want to encourage you is that you get connected to a local church. Whether it's this church or another church, get connected. Because as we take that time in community, even here inside the church, it allows us to grow closer in our relationship with others and especially our relationship with God. So if you're watching online, I encourage you, make sure you get connected with the local church. I know some of you watching online is because of COVID. We're good with that. We can't wait to see you back in the house. So with that being said, let's go to the, Lord, the, word, of the, the word of the Lord. Wow, I can't even talk. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. Heavenly Father, as we take time and we dig into your word this morning, Lord, I ask that you open up our hearts and our minds so that we may hear you and receive what it is that you have for us to receive. And Lord, may my words be your words and may they glorify your name and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So now, like all of us, we, we've all been in this situation with Martha and Mary. And like I said, we've probably heard a lot of sermons on this. And through my life, I've heard that, you know, when you're doing a sermon on hey, we need people to serve, you want everyone to be a Martha. But then when it's, hey, no one's getting close to God, we want everyone to be a Mary. And I've been in both places, and kind of you sit there and you say, well, do I serve or do I spend time with Jesus? Well, ultimately it comes down to your focus. And it comes down to having a balance of both. Because we should actually be both. We should be a Martha and we should be a Mary. The problem with it in my life because I, have, um, <laughs> because I have CDO, that's OCD, but in alphabetical order, okay? I am very much, I get focused on something and I go for it. So I catch myself being a Martha and I forget about being Mary. But then there's times, oh, I'm a Mary and I forget about being a Martha. So and it is about that balance and hopefully we'll be able to find that today. So, you know, we, we've all had this, this decision, and we've all had things that we have to do. And if you think about it, on this particular day, Jesus tried to let them see that where their decisions were, that their decisions that they were making in his presence were what was different. And the text tells us that Martha opened up her home. Now you think about that, her home didn't just get opened up to Jesus, it got opened up to Jesus, the 12 disciples, and anyone else who may have been with them. And by opening up her home, you know, which was 
the thing to do, being hospitable, she would have had to make a meal for not only Jesus, but the 12 disciples and whoever else was with them. So therefore, she had a lot of work she had to do. And it kind of tells me two things. One, that Martha must have been pretty wealthy, because if she had a house big enough in biblical times to not only bring in Jesus, the 12 disciples, and whoever else was with them, she had to have a nice-sized house. The other thing I think it tells us is that Martha had the ministry of hospitality. And a lot of people forget that that is actually something that we do. You know, and I think she was really trying to make a good impression on Jesus, and I'm sure that Martha wanted everything to be just right. Think about it. Jesus was coming into her house. Jesus, uh, I want everything to be perfect. If Jesus is coming into my house and bringing the disciples with him, man, that table better look immaculate. It better be better than any Instagram photo that I saw or Pinterest photo for Thanksgiving or even Christmas. That table setting have to be perfect. The food would have to be perfect. Like I said, I got CDO. It would have to be perfect. You know, and it really does explain why Martha was busy. Why she was busy doing stuff because she was trying to take care of Jesus and his disciples. And you see, instead of helping Martha prepare the meal, her little sister, her younger sister, chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. And that didn't sit well with Martha. So, you know, she goes to Jesus and she tries to get his attention. And then I'm sure she was probably shocked when the Lord didn't tell Mary to get up and go help Martha. You know, he, did, he not only rebuked, but he actually reprimanded um, Martha for what she had done. And this morning, as we examine this passage of Scripture, these two women, I really wanted to understand and how it reveals the difference between Mary and Martha. And as we examine the differences, um, we need to be, remember that Jesus did tell Mary and will tell Martha that Mary made the right decision. So at that time, Mary was making the right decision. So we need to be looking at that. And the first thing I think we need to look at is there's a difference in their focus. There was a difference in the focus of the two of them. And you might ask, you know, well, what's the difference in focus? And what I'm talking about is the things that concern them the most. What concerned them the most on this day? And our text tells us that Martha was more concerned about preparing the meal and serving the Lord and being a good hostess. That's what she was focused on. And really, who can blame her? You know, Jesus, the the rabbi, prophet, people were thinking he was the Messiah. Remember, this is while Jesus was on his way to the cross when this happened. So you know there had to be a lot of people coming with them. So she had to be excited and that focus was on let's make Jesus happy while he's in my house. Let's please him while he's here. And it's completely natural for her to want to do that. Have any of you ever met someone who's like Martha? Oh, I got people pointing at people. Wow, have you ever been a Martha? I'm going to raise my hand, I've been there. You know someone who's always busy doing something. 
always busy, always doing something. Always got something to do in our life. And have you ever met someone who is more concerned about making a good impression on the Lord than having spending time with Him? I just got to serve the Lord. I just got to serve the Lord. And you get so busy serving and serving and serving that you never take that time to be with Him. And I know we get caught up with that. And unfortunately, some of you are making that same mistake that Martha made. You're trying to do your best so much for the Lord that you don't take time just to sit and listen. Just to take time and hear His voice. And you see, we even have it here, and it's one thing that you run into a lot in a small church. Maybe you're serving on a committee. You know, you're serving on a committee, or you work on the finances, or maybe you come in and you clean the bathrooms in the sanctuary during the week, and, and you're fogging it so that, you know, people don't get COVID, and you're just so busy. Maybe you're one of the trustees. You know, maybe at one time you even drove the van during the van ministry before COVID came. You know, you got all this stuff you're doing. But you don't take time just to sit and listen to God. Now, please don't understand. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that you need to stop serving. Because I know someone's going to walk out of here today and say, hey, you know what? Pastor Ken told me I just need to sit at the feet of Jesus. I don't need to do nothing else in the church. That is not what I'm telling you, and I will record it over and over. (laughs) You need to have an equal balance of both. And I can tell you my past life when I was at a big church down south, we do six, seven services a weekend. And I would be there on Friday night. I'd be there on Saturday. I'd be there all day on Sunday, serving at every single worship service. Handling baptisms, handling prayer partners, greeting people at the door. Everything for six, seven services a weekend. And then someone came up to me and said, hey, Pastor Ken, what service do you sit in? Oh, that was a wake-up call. You see, because everything we do in church could be a good thing. And a lot of times in life, everything we do is good things. There is a lot of good things to do. The problem is, when you keep doing too many good things, you get distracted. And that's exactly one of the ways that God will stop you from serving God or actually spending time with God is by keeping you busy. And he'll keep you busy doing good things, but not the best thing and not the right thing. So we got to kind of take that and get that equal balance between the two. You know, and I think at one time I did a uh, Bible study called Experiencing God, and Henry Blackerby, who actually is the author of the book, stressed this point. He said, I think God is crying out and shouting to us, do not Do not just do something, stand there, enter into a love relationship with me, get to know me. And I think that's the same thing Jesus was saying to Martha. Just stop. Stop all the busyness, stop all the craziness, and just take time to get to know me. Just get to know me for who I am. You know, and it's not that Martha was doing something wrong. She was literally trying to serve the Lord. And it's interesting, she's the one who invited God, Jesus into her house. Come on in, I want you to come and spend time with us. She had the one who calmed the storms of Galilee inside her house, looked at the Prince of Peace dead in his eyes, and had no peace. 
had no peace whatsoever because she was busy with all the stuff that she had to do. All the stuff that she wanted to do. You know, some psychologists may try and psychoanalyze Martha. You know, and try and say, well, maybe she had low self-esteem, so she kept herself busy so that she would feel um, her lack of self-esteem esteem by serving the Lord. You know, she wouldn't really feel it. Others might have said she was a type A personality. There was so much to do and no one's going to do it, so I got to do it. I know some people like that, too. There's so much to do, I'm going to do it. Let someone else do it for a change. Theologians might actually say that she had a work-based theology, thinking that her works would get her closer to Jesus and get her to heaven. But we all know it's not about works. It's about that personal relationship. And I don't know about any of that. I just think Martha was focused on the wrong thing. I think she was focused on the wrong thing that morning. Jesus sitting in her living room, and she was too busy worrying that dinner was going to be on time. She was too busy worried about what the plates were going to look like. Was the centerpiece going to be right? Did I get the house swept good enough? And Jesus was in her living room. I just think her focus was in the wrong place. Now, I will say before we criticize poor Martha, we do need to realize that many of us do that same thing week after week. There are Christians in the world today sitting in churches this morning that are very similar to this, but their minds are a million miles away. Maybe someone here is the same way. You're sitting here in church this morning, but your mind is a million miles away. You're thinking about something else you got to do. You're not thinking about this time where you're thinking about, I hope Pastor Ken don't go too long so we can get to the buffet in time. Okay? <laughs> the Bible tells us wherever two or three are gathered, that he is with us. So we know the presence of God is here with us today. But for some of us, our minds are a million miles away. Our minds are elsewhere instead of here, spending that time with Jesus. We're so busy, we're so preoccupied with everything that the world gives us that we can't even take 40 minutes to an hour to spend time with Jesus. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we go through this. And I'll tell you, I am very bad at it. I am probably the worst at my mind going 100 miles an hour. My, you know, I get time and it's time to do this and my mind starts going somewhere else. It happens, and I know it happens. So real quick, let's go to verse 39. Verse 39, we're going to take a, turn our attention now to Mary from Martha. And in verse 39, it says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. So Mary, we see, is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to what he said. And I actually like the way the message paraphrase actually puts this verse. It says, hanging on every word he said. When's the last time you hung on every word Jesus said? Every word he said. How many of you do that today? Do you take time to listen to the Lord? You see, Mary is focused on Jesus and what he is saying. And Jesus told Martha that she had made the right choice. 
She had made the right choice with what she was doing. You know, I think the next thing we see is there's a difference in their fellowship with Christ. There's a difference in their fellowship. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And essentially that means that she wanted to be as close to Jesus as she could possibly could be. And I believe she knew that there was something special about Jesus. And she didn't want to miss anything that he said. But what about you? Where is your focus? How is your relationship with the Lord? You've got to remember, your relationship with the Lord is totally up to you. It can be as close of a relationship as you want it to be, or it can be as far away as you want it to be. The decision is simply yours, where you focus each and every day. The main focus of Mary at this particular time was at Jesus. She wanted to spend time with him. How many times have you allowed someone or something else to come between you and Jesus? Think about it. You take time, you open up your Bible, you all said, hey, I'm going to take time in God's word this morning. And your phone rings. Now, instead of letting your phone go to the answering machine, what do you do? You close your Bible and you pick up your phone. Hey, how are you? And then you kind of get on with your day because now you've been on the phone for five, ten minutes. Oh, i got to go to work now. And meanwhile, your Bible is still sitting where you left it. Because instead of letting your phone go to the answering machine and taking that time with God, you decide to answer your phone. Well, what about time you sit down and you say, hey, I'm going to take time to pray this morning. And you sit down to pray and you got your nice little quiet room and you start to pray and your mind starts thinking about the laundry that's got to be done. Or these chores that got to be done. Well, I've got this job I've got to do today or this or that. And all of these different things come to your mind. So instead of taking that time in prayer that morning, you say a quick prayer and amen, and then you get up and you spend the rest of your day doing something else. You're not alone. I get caught doing it all the time. Hey, and I'm the pastor. I should be better than that, right? Just so you know, I'm not. I am in the same boat. You know, I really like the way the Apostle Paul, he knew how important that relationship was with the Lord. And in 1 Corinthians 1.9, he said, God who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. God called us into that relationship. God called us into fellowship with Jesus. That's how important it was for him that he called us to have that relationship. And that trumps anything that we could else that we could be doing, our relationship with him. And you see, Mary knew what she wanted. She wanted to get to know Jesus as much as possible, which meant that she made that her top priority. Sitting at the feet of Jesus that day was her top priority. What about you? Is Jesus your top priority or is something else? Now let's go back to Martha. Verse 40 says, that she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Now, of course, it doesn't tell us what the preparations were. It doesn't tell us if she was actually in the kitchen preparing a meal, or if she was outside maybe picking flowers, um, or maybe she was sweeping the house or whatever. All it says is she was distracted. Martha was distracted. And the Greek word here actually says drawn away. 
So she's actually drawn away from Jesus because of everything she's doing. And the message actually paraphrases it this way. It says, but Martha was pulled away by all she had to do. She was pulled away by all that she had to do. Martha was allowing duties to draw her away from Christ. Remember who this is? This is the creator of the universe. In her living room. And she was drawn away. Face to face, she was drawn away. And each day in our life, we get drawn away. We get drawn away because of stuff. Because of things to do. And I kind of say, well, I guess I can't be that bad because Martha saw Jesus face to face and got drawn away. But we still need to change that focus and have that focus be on Him in everything we did. In everything. And you know, it doesn't take much for us to drift away. You don't even have to try and drift away from God and you'll drift away. You'll drift away because of life in general. You'll drift away because of what's going on in the currents of life. Maybe the cares of your life, the jobs in your life, temptations and everything else will naturally cause you to drift away from God. So we need to watch our focus and remain focused on Him in everything that we do. And it's so important. It's so important that we have that balance and each of us take that time to be like Mary and just sit at the feet of Jesus. Just sit at His feet. And finally, I think there was a difference in their feelings. There's a difference in their feelings. Notice in verse 41, Jesus said to Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. So what I want to see is, look at Martha's state of mind. What was her state of mind? She was upset, she was worried, she was anxious, she was distracted. Sound like anyone's life in here? See, and that's what happens when we don't focus on Jesus. When we don't focus on Jesus and we don't make spending time with Him our top priority in each and every day, the often end result is exactly that. We're upset, we're worried, we're distracted, we get anxious. You know, and the writer of the hymn, What a Friend We Have, and Jesus certainly understood this. Many of you are familiar with that in the very first verse says, What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Martha had the one who calmed the seas. She had the creator of the universe, the prince of peace, and she had no peace in her life. She had no peace in her life. She was upset. She was mad. She was anxious. Let's face it, there's a lot of things in this world that will make us anxious, that will take our focus off of Jesus. But remember, worry will rob us of that peace and that satisfaction that only Jesus brings to us. Now think about Mary. We know how Martha, she was anxious. Think about Mary. The text doesn't really say what emotion she had. 
It just tells us that she was sitting at the feet of her master and focused upon every word that he had to say. I think she was experiencing a peace that surpasses all other. And you may say, Pastor, well, how can you say that? Well, I don't say it, the Bible does. In Isaiah 26, 3, it says, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. In other words, those of us who focus our minds on him just as Mary did will experience that peace, that perfect peace that only he can provide. I want you to notice one last thing that the Lord said. He said to Martha, but only one thing is needed. That's it. It's only one thing needed. And that is taking time and focusing on Jesus. Make sure each and every day you take time and focus on Jesus. You know, that's what's important. Spending time with him. Focusing on him each and every day. Don't get distracted. When you take that time and focus on him, focus on him. And that is part of this starting out the new year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's hopefully for us in the church and each of us individually to take that time and focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus through prayer and fasting and digging into his word. Taking that daily time to read his word. Each and every day I put scripture out there. There's scripture inside the book for you to read and to dig into every day. On Facebook, I'm actually putting a devotion with the scripture. Take time in his word every day. Take time through fasting. Something that is distracting you from Jesus, you need to take out of your life for 21 days. Even if it's seven days, even if it's a couple days a week or a couple hours a day. If there is something that is distracting you from Jesus, you need to fast from it. Get it out of your sight. Get it away from you for a period of time so that you can change your focus from what is distracting you to Jesus. Take that time to be like Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus, hanging on every word he has to say. Now, reminder, you still got to be a Martha sometimes. Don't forget about the whole Martha thing. I'll be in here doing it myself. <laughs> All right. Martha was busy. She was busy and she was distracted. And do you really think it would have mattered if Jesus' dinner was late? Probably not. You really think he cared if the house had been swept? Probably not. You know, the following I found, it was written on a tombstone of a bishop in Westminster Abbey in the year 1100 AD. And it says, When I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. As I grew older and wiser and realized the world would not change, I shortened my sight somewhat and decided to change only my country. But it seemed immovable, and as I grew into my twilight years, I settled on changing only my family and those closest to me. But alas, they would have none of it. Now as I lay on my deathbed, I suddenly realized that if I had only changed myself first, 
Then by example, I could have perhaps have changed my family. And from their inspiration and encouragement to me, I would have been better able to help my country. And from there, maybe have even been able to change the world. So at this time, I'd like to ask the worship team to come back up, Ms. Gina and Kirsten. So what about you? Are you still trying to change the world? Are you still trying to change and do it all yourself? I encourage you to stop trying to do everything yourself. And just focus on what really matters, and that is your relationship with Jesus. Sit at his feet. Spend time with him every day. And he'll give you the strength to do whatever it is you need to do. And for some of you, maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if that's the case, you can come up and do it today during this final um, worship song with the altar call. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, come on up. We'll talk about it, pray about it, and you can lock it down today. And then you can make your focus on Jesus instead of being distracted. Or maybe you've just been so distracted in your life that you actually need to come up here and just take it to the altar and give it back to God. Take all the distractions of your life and just give them to Him. And if you need prayer, I'll be up here. You can come up and pray with me. I don't know what it is, but God sure does. What is distracting you? And where is your focus? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we're able to come in here and we're able to dig into your word. And Lord, someone in here is distracted, Lord. Someone in here needs to change their focus from their distraction to you. And Lord, I ask that you open up their heart that they will come up here and give it to you. Give their distractions to you so that they can sit at your feet and listen to your words. And Lord, maybe someone in here doesn't know you or maybe has to recommit their life to you, Lord. Lord, I just ask them that they change their focus from whatever it may be to you. And Lord, as we focus on you, may we be more like you each and every day. And Lord, we love you, we honor you, we seek to praise and glorify you in everything that we do. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name, amen. Ask everyone to all rise and continue in worship.
Vision Sunday, we talked about this being the verse for our church for the year. So each week we're going to read this verse together, and I'd really like you to take the time and memorize this verse and live it out each and every day. So if we can, church, if we can read this together, then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest.